Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. Hey, I tell you, it's just neat to be with you. God has done incredible things in our first two services today. We have the privilege of having Joe Jackson, his beautiful wife, with us today. Joe served, well, he served, yeah, I bet he served. He's he, the New York Jets. But then he saw the light. And he went to the Minnesota Vikings, you know what I mean? And finished his career there. He was a part of the Purple People Eaters with Alan Page and uh, Sir Francis Tarkington, number 10, going back for the past. You want me to go on? No, I just can't. And uh, back in the day, hey, and, and Joe uh, served with them. Uh, was, he was part of the defense. Man, God has done incredible things then since that time. And God has given him a voice. He's given him a platform, really, to come and to share uh, the great news of Jesus Christ in a unique way uh, because he has been gifted by God. We are so glad that he's here. Now, People's Church, you got to help me. Would you stand up and let's give our very best welcome joe jackson number 86 minnesota vikings hey, in the right. house. praise god god bless you love you all brother. right love you man wow now i'm a big guy but uh i gotta look up to you joe i tell you what god bless you brother love you scott what a great heart what a great praise praise team how about that praise team praise and worship band oh great job I'm so, so glad to be back for my third service here. We've had a great weekend. Spoke with the men's. Uh, we had a great, phenomenal breakfast last night, or rather yesterday. Had about 175 guys out, and just really was so encouraged uh, by them. And it's a great church. Man, what an honor to be here this Super Bowl Sunday. What an honor also to have my wife here this Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, stand up, babe. Okay, it's my wife. Keep standing up. Her name is Terrell, Terrell with a T. And uh, yes, we have a mixed marriage. We have a color issue. Her people love the silver and black of the Raiders, and my people are all the purple and gold of the Minnesota Vikings. But we try to make it happen, so uh, pray for us. Genesis 20, or rather 32, verse 24 through 28. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. 
The title of this message is simply called, You're Destined for Greatness. And I want to talk to someone here this morning who is destined for greatness, yet you have not recognized your position because you are preoccupied with your past, with a label, with perhaps even a failure or even a nickname. But we are, before we are done here this morning, it's my hope, it's my prayer, that you realize that you're not only destined for greatness, but you are destined for God's big time greatness. So Father, for the next few minutes, I pray the anointing of God will rest upon this service. God, we thank you so much for your presence. You are a God of purpose. And Lord, you love your people. You love your children here this morning. You have a word for them. You have a word of encouragement. You have a word of hope. You have a word of destiny and promise, Lord. And God, I know in my heart of hearts, there are some that don't have a lot of hope here this morning. There are some, Lord, that have been lied to, that have been promised a lot, but have gotten little. Oh, God, speak your truth to their hearts and minds. Let them know, Lord, that they're on the right track, God. Let them know, God, that the path that you have for them, you're leading them, God. Father, we'll give you praise, we'll give you glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. You know, as we look into the word of God, we understand that God is a covenant-keeping God. Say the word covenant with me. Well, what is covenant? Well, covenant, of course, is the biblical terminology that reflects and defines the word contract. It has nothing to do with personality, nothing to do with feeling, but it has everything to do with legality. Now, over and over in the word of God, you will hear the expression to wit. To wit, God in Christ Jesus reconciled the world to himself, 2 Corinthians 5.19. To wit is a legal term implying emphatically proclaiming that God is a God of contract. He is a covenant-keeping God. You know, in the black church, I got to tell y'all folks are a little quiet for me. I grew up in Second Trinity Baptist Church, and if a brother is preaching and he says something good, the church just goes crazy. Mm, that's all right. Come on, brother. <laughs> if he's up here struggling, like I was in the first service, you hear a sister say, help him, Lord, help him, help him, Lord. <laughs> My goodness, just say something. Well, God is a covenant-keeping God. And whenever you have a contract and there is a dispute, I've had a contract and I've had some disputes, it's not how the people feel in the dispute. Because you always have to refer back to the contract to determine the validity of the arguments that have been raised. Let me give you a good example. In 1977, we, the Minnesota Vikings, had just pulverized, crushed the sorely Los Angeles lambs, rams. <laughs> and we were fitted and ready for Super Bowl XI. If you can imagine the state of that Minnesota Viking locker room, the players were happy. The owners were ecstatic. Uh, the coaches were pleased. 
And over in the corner, there was Mike Lynn, the GM, who never smiled. But this particular Sunday, there was a smile on his snarly-looking face. So I said, whoa, that's a good sign. So because everybody seemed to be in a state of euphoric bliss, I said, my goodness, this is a good time to hit the Minnesota Vikings up for a little more money, 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 cash money. So I approached my agent that week, and he approached the Vikings to see if we could get it done. And the Vikings came back quickly with their response. And their response was in the form of a question pertaining to me. And the question was simply this, can your boy read? My agent, Paul Preston, said, of course he can read. I understand he has a degree in English. English lit. Okay, well, great. If he can read, we will get this thing done quickly. And he will understand that he has signed a legal document. And we, the Minnesota Vikings, it is not our position. It is not our posture. It is not our purpose to renegotiate and tear up contracts. Ooh, I learned a lesson quickly. That a Christian who does not know the word of God, a Christian who does not study the word of God, you will be defeated every single time. Because whenever you approach God or the things of God, it's always through a vehicle of a covenant relationship that you possess with God. Now, over and over and over, of course, we'd hear them praying to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, simply saying that through these three patriarchs, they have become sort of the umbilical cord that attaches Israel with this covenant relationship with God. Now, when we consider Abraham and Isaac, we do recognize some of the struggles that Abraham had in his character. We recognize the difference between calling and character. We recognize the difference in ideals. You're going to have a baby. And realities, you're in your 90s. We recognize the difference in Genesis 12, where God spoke to Abram. And Genesis 22, 12, where God spoke to Abraham and said, go sacrifice your boy whom you love. We also recognize the difference in having a great name and being a great man. Overall, Abraham indeed was a great man. He's booked in three religions in the world. We can see why he's earned the meritorious title of patriarch of the faith. If you look at his son Isaac, we can see a similar thread of character. In spite of the fact that Isaac inherited some of the flaws from his father. Oh, my friends, but he was still a blessed man. He was still a godly man. He was still a praying man. He was a man that God used to redig the wells of his father. He is a man who moved in the supernatural. Go back with me to the fourth grade. My fourth grade teacher's name was Miss Webb, and she was mean, and she was probably from Salem, Oregon, or somewhere, because <laughs> she gave us homework on the weekends. <laughs> but Miss Webb would give us uh, exercise, and you've seen this before. Draw or on this picture, you'll have a, a living room, uh, you'll see a, a flat screen TV, a couch, love seat, lamp, and this you'll say, circle the item that does not belong in the picture, and then over there in the corner will be a refrigerator. So most of our family rooms, living rooms, you won't find a refrigerator, so you circle refrigerator. 
If I were to ask you good folks right now to draw me a picture of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then circle that individual that does not belong in the picture, who would it be? It'd be Jacob. You see, Jacob was the least likeliest one to succeed. Oh, yes. He was vicious. He was robust. He was riotous. He's a person who lived by his own wits, who lived by his own carnal disposition. In spite of all these labels and adjectives, that boy was elevated to the high and lofty position of being a covenant bearer in which Israel prayed that they might be in contact with a loving God. What is God trying to show us here? Well, God is trying to show us that whatever it is that causes a person to be selected and used of God, it has nothing to do with your good looks. It has nothing to do with your goodness. And sometimes I don't understand, but I suppose if we live long enough, we might come to the conclusion, God, that you're right. I think I'm getting this thing. It's not by might. I am thinking I'm figuring it out. It's not by power, but it's by the spirit of the living God, that he is indeed the God of Jacob. You see, because of the magnitude, manifold work that God desires to do in your heart today, in your life today, the enemy has set us up from Jump Street so that we would not fulfill our destiny. If you recall, Jacob's struggle did not begin in his childhood, did it? Jacob's struggle did not begin in his youth, did it? Jacob's struggle did not begin when he was a two-year-old. That boy was in, the, in a fight in the womb even before he got here. And some of you, you were in a fight before you got here. Oh yeah, you cleaned yourself up now, got your teeth fixed or whatever. But you didn't, you weren't born in a, a peaceful uh, circumstances. You didn't come out of a calm environment. You didn't come out of a Mayberry, Aunt B, Gomer Pyle, Opie, Andy Taylor type of community. Some of you came from the furnace of affliction, didn't you? Some of you were born in the white hot heat of a struggle, weren't you? Some of you think you were born on the wrong side of the track, the wrong neighborhood, the wrong time, the wrong street, the wrong color. Ooh, hold on a minute, Big Joe. Didn't know you were going to play that card. I got news for your brothers. I don't play cards. But you know one thing, I can remember growing up in a northern industrial city like Cincinnati, Ohio, and in the summers we would love as kids when school was out so we could go to Coney Island and ride the rides, the loop-de-loop, -loop, the go-karts, the cyclone. But the thing we really wanted to do was to jump in the largest recreational pool in America called the Sunlight Pool which seemed to have blue water, but it was just a reflection of the pool. We thought the, the actual water was blue, but it wasn't blue, it was just a reflection of the painted pool. And we couldn't wait to go. It was just a thrill because the pool at the park where we lived at in the neighborhood, was, the water was kind of brown and green. But, but, but the sunlight pool was blue and 
crystal green or crystal blue. And we put our little 35 cents down there. A little white girl would tell us, sorry, we don't take colors. We don't take Negroes. I kind of said, man, I don't take them either. I just want to go swimming. <laughs> it wasn't her fault. It was a system that didn't need repair. It needed replacement. But see, my Caucasian brothers don't get comfortable because the devil wants to keep us all on the back of the bus, okay? Yeah. But yet he was so intimidated, I believe, by your destiny that if you were given a fighting chance, you'd put your big foot on him and you stomp him. So he set us up from the beginning to leave us wounded on the side of some road even before we got started with the thought that our present condition, our current circumstances, would be the essence of our identity and destiny. You see, Jacob was in a fight in his mother's womb even before he got started because he was in a fight with Esau, which was incidentally the first biblical record of a woman who ever carried twins. And Rebecca asked a very significant question in Genesis 25. He says, why am I thus? Why am I thus? Why are there two different nations warring inside of me? You see, somewhere in the Thors of your existence, you're going to find two different people living in your house. You're going to wonder, God, why am I thus? Well, it's a battle for your soul. That's why. See, God has a plan for your life in spite of the fact as the enemy, he wants to assassinate, he wants to annihilate, and he wants to destroy you. The thief comes to what? To kill? Somebody help me preach it. To steal and destroy. But God has a plan. It doesn't mean that you won't face a struggle. It doesn't mean that you won't face an adversity. I finished second in quarterback sacks as a rookie, but there was no offensive lineman that ever said, hey, Big Joe, what do you know? Go kill my quarterback. No, it was, a, and you're going to see today. You're going to see those edge rushers like I was and defensive tackles like I uh, sometimes was coming off that end, coming off that ball, and they're going to be battling. They're going to be fighting, and they may get close one time in that game. But just because you have a battle right now, that doesn't disqualify you from pursuing the dream that you know in your spirit that God birthed in you. And God's speaking to some people right here this morning. You got a dream, you got a vision, you got a destiny. And just because there's a stop sign, it doesn't mean that you ought to quit. It means that you ought to quit, quit thinking about giving up and then pressing on because God's got a vision for you. He's got a, he's got a dream that he wants you to walk in. And Jacob was destined to be used of God in spite of his struggles, in spite of the fact that he threw Esau 
through Esau's weakness and carnality, was able to receive a birthright that his calling and his character was really not prepared to walk in. And there he is holding this birthright that he received through trickery, through deceit. Jacob, trickster, con artist, scammer. Unfortunately, those terms aren't isolated to those in prisons and institutions. I know, I was speaking in a prison once, and this prisoner made me this Bible. The great cover, the Viking mascot on the back of it, my number, name on the front. Problem is, he'll never get out of prison because he made poor choices. But that goes to show you, just because you make a choice, that doesn't mean that you can't make Another choice, that's a good choice. And when I was 12 years old, I made a choice that I thought was good, but it was really a choice of the flesh. The pastor, Reverend Mosley, said in the Baptist church, said, who wants to come down and give his life to the Lord? I was seated about right there. I came strutting myself down. And then Reverend Moses said, son, how do you come this morning? I said to myself, I just came. I just walked down, down the aisle. I just came. So, son, how do you come? Do you come with a letter? Or do you come by your Christian experience? He said it real fast. Your Christian experience. I said, well, I, I guess this is America. We're Christian country. I didn't understand. I don't want to have any, any kind of letter in my pocket. I said, come by my Christian experience. And two things happened to me, of course. I was immersed in water, baptized. My name was applied to the roster of sec, or the uh, roster, to the role of Second Trinity Baptist Church. And for the next six years, I brought my street attitude, my street character into the house of the living God because nothing had happened on the inside. All I had was a superficial, razor-thin veneer of Christianity applied to the surface of my life. And if that's all you have here, you're wondering why my life is so messed up. This thing called Christianity that everybody talks about is so good and I'm scuffling and I don't have nothing, I got no victory. Because all you have perhaps is a razor thin superficial veneer of Christianity. You're just playing church, man. You should have stayed home. <laughs> if that's all you got, you're just doing it because you're in Salem, you're an American, we're going to go to church, we're going to hear the word of God. That's about it. Let me tell you something. If God has a call upon your life, he will wrestle you down that, that, remember these words I'm using, that he might change you to his glory, that he might break you. And Jacob finally comes to the time in his life because nobody could do anything with him. I remember I was busted twice for car theft, stole my dad's car, and I stole Mr. Peake's 1954 Chevrolet. 
The judge had already told me, Joey, if you steal another car, you're going to BIS, Boys Industrial School in Lancaster, Ohio. Put my hand on a Bible, promised my mother, my grandmother, my father. I got with my friends and I stole another car, got busted again before the judge. And the judge said, son, I've already told you. I've, I've, I've already warned you. If you stole another car, you did it. And here we are. Well, because my high school coach believed in me. He brought letters from universities, colleges who were scouting me. And the judge, for some reason, listened to my high school coach even above my parents. And what they did, they put me on house arrest. They put something on my leg. And I was on house arrest for three months. They should have sent me to BIS, <laughs> Boys Industrial School. Nobody could do anything with me. Nobody. Nobody could do anything but Jacob, or rather with Jacob, but God. That got my attention. That got me thinking that there could be another way of life that I need to consider. And I'm not talking about the Christian life. I'm just talking about a better life and hanging with my hoodlum friends who are now dead. They died in their early 20s because they made poor choices. See, once you make a choice, I tell this to young people all the time, once you make a choice, then the choice will always choose the consequence. You can't make a choice and then pick your consequence. The choice will pick your, that's why it's imperative that we as believers make as many biblical, righteous choices as we can. Maybe God's asking some of y'all to make a choice this morning. Maybe you're at the point that you desperately need to get a, another opinion about something. Now, I'm not talking about another, just a secular opinion out there, but you need to hear from God this morning. You really need to hear from God. This angel wrestled with Jacob. He became more radical because like Jacob, some of us, you've been stubborn for so long. And God knows that your time is running out. You know what he'll, he'll do? He'll escalate the battle to bring you to a place of submission and repentance let me tell you something. God knows where to hit you that you might say yes. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how bad you are. I don't care how smart you think you are, what color your skin is, what zip code you come from, what university you attended, how many Super Bowl rings you have, and I don't care who your daddy is. God knows where to hit you that you might surrender to his purpose. That you might seek his face. That you might find some of the answers in life. Like in college, we used to say, who am I? 
Why am I here? What is my purpose? And God asked Jacob, Jacob, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. I am what they call me, trickster, con artist. See, Jacob thought he was who the people named him. That's why you need to be careful of who you let name you. One situation, one event, one failure doesn't determine who you are. Failure is not failure, nor is it final unless you don't learn from it. And Jacob reflected the opinion of the people around him. And when I do high school, I just say never allow other people's negative opinions about you become your reality. You kick it to the curb. This is a ring we were given for Super Bowl XI. It's been appraised at over $15,000. I took it to a jeweler store and he had a loop and he looked at it and he said, well, you know, it's a nice piece, but I don't, uh, the best I can recommend or suggest is 6,500. When somewhere else did the same thing with the loop, 4,500. I called Johnston's. Now Johnston's has made a lot of championship rings, high school rings, they do Super Bowl rings. And I said, Johnson's, what's the value of the ring that we were given for Super Bowl XI? Mr. Jackson, let me put you on hold, get right back to you. They came back to me and they said, Mr. Jackson, the ring, the value of the ring that you were given for Super Bowl XI is $2,500. $15,2,500. And I wondered, why the difference? Why the variance? Well, see, the difference was determined by whom you ask. And that's called subjective value because everybody's got an opinion about you. Well, see, your, your value is not determined solely by my opinion, good or bad, because you've got intrinsic value. When I was coming up in Cincinnati, I was always the biggest kid in the class. I could never get into a size slim. I could never get into a size regular. I was always husky. Now, husky sounds fat. Husky. So I struggled with my self-esteem. I struggled with, with, with value. I mean, I was a big kid. I was, a, I was into athlete. You know, I was good at the sports thing. But I struggled with my perception of how you saw me. And it was a battle. Until I saw myself not so much as you see me, but how... He sees me. And God graciously leaves Jacob to a revelation of who he is. And God says, you're destined for greatness. I've given you a dream. I've given you a DNA. I've given you a skill set. I've given you a vision. And maybe from where you are now compared to where you need to be, uh, the vision looks crazy. There's somebody here, you're chasing a vision. You're chasing what you feel is a promise. And it just seems like it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Why should I go after this? My people don't ever get an opportunity to do this. I failed. I've got the wrong hair color. I've got the wrong this. I've got the wrong that. I've been married four or five times. I just got out of prison. About bankruptcy. You're going to see something. Mark my word. You're going to see that God is not a man, that he should lie. If God said it, 
He's going to bring it to pass. Who are you listening to this morning? And at this point, Jacob begins to exemplify the unique trauma that is transferred to a soul who has had a God encounter. You see, in the spirit, you have one name. In the flesh, you think you have another name. And in closing this service, I just want to talk to some real people. I don't want to talk to the self-righteous phonies. I don't want to talk to Deacon Flip-Flop or Big Mama Divine. But I want to say to you that some of you are distracted by trying to kill your Jacob. Because you think that God will never use me. When in reality, from the first moment that Jacob had his first encounter with God, until that boy drew his last breath, both names are referred to the same person. Both guys keep showing up. The scripture that we read when we first started this, this message, we read that your name is not Jacob, but Israel. Yet throughout all of scripture, you never or rarely hear in this sequence the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Israel. In this sequence, he is, ever call, or ever, he is forever called the God of Jacob. The Bible says they cried upon Israel. And the next verse will say, Jacob spoke and said. We read, Jacob was old and about to die. But Israel rose and strengthened himself. God chose to be called the God of Jacob just because Jacob was a man so full of human infirmity and failure. Jacob was more like somebody that came out of my neighborhood. The God of Jacob is the God who will bring pilgrims home this morning. It's not a shame to be called the God of Joe Jackson. Even when big Joe Jackson has failed and his life doesn't reflect that. God's calling you this morning. I don't care, again, who you are, what you've done, what color you are on the outside, who's your favorite team. You might not even like the Vikings. That's okay with me. Believe me. But you are a, purpose, a person of purpose. And you just need to find that. And it's not anything that's hit. It's not like a great mystery, man. Because God's given you a DNA. And your DNA gravitates to your purpose. You know that? Yes, I, I've, I've got some genes, some athletic DNA. But I haven't played football in over 40 years. But God said, I got a purpose for you, Joe. Football was only a platform to get you where I need you to be. I need you to be a voice out there. 
I'm the least likeliest person. I'm the Jacob, I'm the Jacob of Jacobs. God said, I'm going to use you, son. You're going to see my glory. Jesus goes to a tomb. Lazarus had been dead for four days. And it reminds two grieving sisters of something that he had previously said. I said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you see? Many of us are at the point or have been at the point where we say, show me you got me. And Jesus says, did I not tell you if you believe, you would see the glory of God. Lazarus, come forth. I'm going to call your dream forth right now. I'm going to call that promise forth right now. I'm going to call that vision forth right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to call it right now. Come forward right now. Jesus says, take me to that thing that you think is dead, and we're going to see what's happening. Oh, in Jesus' name, Father, we love you, Lord. Lord, we love you. And God, you love your people. You love them so much, Lord, that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, to die, to suffer and die, that we might have redemption, that we might have a life. And God, it was our sin that nailed your son to the cross. Oh, Father, shouldn't that wake us up? <laughs> shouldn't that enlighten us to your love and your purpose? For God showed his love for us, and yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father, we love you, Lord. So God, we're going to continue to press on. We want to see your glory. Devil, the blood of Christ is against you. You are a liar. God, have your will, have your plan. From now, from this point on, 2023, have your plan, Lord. God will give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. 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 We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.